Rahim. Alhamdulillah. 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 Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nastaghfiruhu wa nu'minu bihi wa natawakkalu alayhi. Wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyati a'malina man yahdihillahu fala mudilla lah man yudlilhu fala hadiya lah wa nashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa nashhadu anna muhammadan abuduhu wa rasuluh wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallama tasliman kathiran kathira amma ba'd fa na'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ur-rajim bismillahirrahmanirrahim faqallallahu ta'ala fi al-Qur'an al-Kareem Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu spiru wa sabiru wa rabitu wa attaqullah la'allakum tuflihun Sadaqallahuliyyuhalladhim My beloved brothers and sisters, we praise Allah, we thank Allah, we praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Allah and thus we say Alhamdulillah Nahmaduhu, we praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Him وَنَسْتَعِينُهُ We seek his help. وَنَسْتَغْفِرُهُ We seek his forgiveness. وَنُؤْمِنُ بِهِ وَنَتَوَكَلُوا عَلَيْهِ We believe in him and we trust and rely upon him. And we seek refuge with Allah from the wrong within ourselves and the wrong actions in our actions. And whomever Allah guides, none can misguide. And whomever Allah lets astray, none can guide. And we bear witness that there is no ilah but Allah. There is no master but Allah. We are servants to none but Allah. There is no God but Allah. And we seek from Allah to shower his blessings upon his servant and messenger, and many more, and many more. And as is the case every single time I stand before you, I ask the same question, and that is for you and I to take a look at ourselves and ask ourselves, what is changing? What is changing in the world? What is changing in our society? What is changing in our relationships? And what is changing in our hearts? In the world, yet again, we are hearing about bloodshed, yet again, you're hearing about people getting called back to Allah Ta'ala, getting called back to their judgment. And at the very least, every single time you hear of these deaths, take a moment, at the very least, to remember your own inevitable judgment. That a point will come where I will be gone, a point will, be, will come where each and every one of you will be gone, and then we'll begin the process of judgment. And then look at what's happening in our community. We lost two giants of the Muslim community in Chicago, and I'll speak about them momentarily. But these are people who have dedicated themselves for decades to our community, and now they have both returned to their creator to be held to account for the choices that they made in their lives. And when you hear about the deaths of big figures in our community, remember that that is your story. That when something is taking place regarding Muslims in America, that is your story. And that is also your responsibility to continue. In fact, one of the things that motivated me to start studying more and speaking more and all of that was that I was watching an old video of a very popular back then Muslim preacher. And I remember he had black hair in the video and then he came into town and he had completely gray hair. And I thought to myself, okay, this man is already so old, this is 20 years ago, he's still alive, who's gonna take up the reins when he's gone? And that's the same point for each of you to think about, that it's very easy to look to me to answer certain problems of life to whatever capacity I can, but then after I'm gone, the burden is on you. But then bring it closer to home. 
and look at what is taking place in your relationship with God in your hearts, your relationship with Allah in your hearts. Now we are two-thirds of the way done with the semester. What is the difference between the person you are today and the person you were when the semester began? Are you the same person? And how to measure it? Look at the condition, the length, the, the quantity, and the quality of your prayers. How to measure it? If you've done any fasting over the course of the past uh, semester, include that. If you've given any charity, and this is where I take that moment to remind you that even a smile is charity. So I'm saying take a look at yourself and evaluate what has improved, evaluate what has not. Because you and I may not have control over what is taking place overseas. You and I may not even have much influence over what's taking place here. But you do have control over what takes place in your heart. And you and I also know that the clock keeps ticking. Faster and faster and faster. Now having said that, I want to take a few moments to speak about these two people who've passed away from the Villa Park community in the western suburbs, Zia Hassan and Abdul Hamid Dogar. And there's a few points that I want to draw attention to that may get lost in the conversation. So what is often stated, what is often stated in admiration of them is that they both gave as much as 40 years to Islamic Foundation in particular and the Muslim community in general. Zia Hassan was a professor of economics or finance and he became the dean of the IIT School of Business. Now, why am I making this point? Because you and I often are taught that either you have deen or you have dunya. Either you be the best you can in deen or you be the best you can in dunya. But both of these gentlemen were both the best of deen and the best of dunya. One was the dean of a business school long before you'd even hear about Muslim professors. And the other one, Abdul Hamid Dogar, if I understood correctly, he was the chief designer of I-55 the highway that almost every one of us has taken so many times, he was the chief designer. And then he was also one of the designers of I-355. So these are people who were super successful in dunya matters. And then on top of that, they dedicated themselves so thoroughly to matters of deen. And then taking this point even a step further, there's something about some of those people who worked in the community and you feel like they're made out of iron. So Abdul Hamid Dogar's approach or his routine every day would, that would be that before he'd start his day at work, meaning before Fajr or immediately after Fajr, he would go for a walk in those fields right around Islamic Foundation. And even there were two separate times where he broke his back and he still went to work and he still continued to perform his daily walks. Because when you love a certain type of work, you want to do it. You want to spend all your day doing it. When you love the work that you're doing, you can't wait to get to work. No matter how stressful it may be, no matter how, how complicated it may be, to the point you don't even want, want to take time off. And that's exactly what he did. And a note about Zia Hassan. For those who are from the Islamic Foundation community know that there was all kinds of turmoil taking place from different points within the community. A few years ago, Zia Hassan was the president, and he had everyone to the left and right attacking him, criticizing him in some of the most coarse ways. People who should be remembering that they are Muslim and should speak like Muslims. And what was his response that he would share privately? 
He wouldn't respond publicly, but privately he would say, this is our community and we have to treat them with love. Okay. Despite how horrible the statements were against him, he just kept responding by saying, this is our community and we have to treat them with love. And it seemed as though he truly, truly felt it. Because you wouldn't be able to do something for that long and sustain yourself. Think about this for those of us in the room who have an activist mindset. A point you've heard me make many times is that activists more often are driven by anger than by love. If you're driven by anger, anger whether it's over occupation, anger whether it's over patriarchy, anger whether it's over privilege, anger whether it's over unfairness, you will most definitely burn out. And I've given many examples over the years of people who were deep into their activist work to the point that it ruined almost all of their personal relationships, their professional life suffered, and when you see them, they look like unhappy, withered human beings. If, however, you are driven by love, love for the community, love for the place that you're living, and especially love for Allah Ta'ala and His Prophet, may peace be upon Him, then you will have a well that just keeps giving and giving and giving. I mean, think about it. Is it love that can sustain me spending time with all of you guys? Okay. If it was anger, I would have burnt out years ago, even before I started. So the point I'm making, my beloved brothers and sisters, is that these are some examples that are now your story. So the question becomes, when it is time for you to go, what will people say about you? And so think about that. If, but Allah controls all, we seek refuge with Allah, but Allah controls all. If it was time for you to go today, what would people say about you? And the real question is, what would people feel about you? And that really comes down to how you treat people. So there's another famous story where the Prophet, may peace be upon him, says, if you want to see someone who's going to paradise, look at this person who's walking by. And then Omar gets curious, and so he starts following him, trying to figure out what is this person doing. Now remember, Omar is one of the super sahabas, and he's trying to find out what does this companion do. And he spends the day with him, he sees nothing out of the ordinary about him. And so Omar asks him directly that the Prophet, peace be upon him, said some really nice things about you. What are you doing that we're not? And he had to think about it because his prayers were the same, the fasting was the same, the charity was the same, and so forth and so on. But then he said, maybe it's because at night when I go to sleep, I try to forgive everyone who has ever done anything wrong to me. And when you look in the books of our narrations, you find so many times that someone is given paradise because of some tiny act, even though they might have done all kinds of tremendous acts. You know the story of the man, it's in so many khutbahs of the man who's thirsty, walks down to the bottom of the well, drinks water, comes up, sees a dog panting, and decides this is how I was, goes down, fills up his sock, and feeds the, do the, the dog, and then he's given paradise. And so think about what do your classmates think about you? Do they think of you as someone who is generous? Do they think of you as someone who is upright in integrity? Do they think of you as someone who is quiet or modest or shy or outgoing? Of course, we can't control what people think of us, but we can control the impression that we give. And you hear from me so many times, what is the impression that you and I should give? It should be one of integrity, one of dedication. That if there's one thing people know about you, 
they should know that you're upright. If there's one thing that people know about you, they should know that you mean what you say. If you can accomplish that, that is better dawa than passing, passing out a bunch of pamphlets. They should know that you are generous. They should know that you are forgiving. And I'm not saying that forgiveness is easy. There's some people that, I'll be honest, I wish a train would run over them, and every time I hear about some accident, there's some part of me that says, hopefully it's that person, right? Totally wrong. But the point I'm making is that forgiveness is not an easy thing. Because forgiveness requires you to clean out, aggressively clean out what's taking place in your heart to let go of something, let go of pain, or let go of unfairness. And what makes it a little bit easier is that if you do forgive, then Allah Ta'ala gives you so much more. He gives you permission for retribution, but if you forgive, you are given so much more. So think about what it is that you want people to think about you. This doesn't mean you have to be stiff. I'm probably the coolest person in this room, mashallah. You can someday be this cool. But the point I'm making, my beloved brothers and sisters, is the core of our deen, the core of our submission to Allah is integrity. And that's what you and I think of when we think of the Prophet, may peace be upon him. When we think of the companions of the Prophet, when we think of the family of the Prophet. So now, let us take a moment and ask Allah Ta'ala for forgiveness. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings upon the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. There's another point I want each and every one of us to think about uh, that I'll be repeating over the next few weeks, and that is, think about how fast this past year has gone. I feel like it was just last week that I gave a khutbah after our current president was elected. And back then, I said the same thing that I still feel today, that I have no idea how all of this is going to turn out. But look at the fact that we've gone through this past year as quickly as we have. And look at all the different bans that have taken place. Muslim ban number one, Muslim ban number two, Muslim ban number three, Muslim ban number four. And then all the problems given to people here who are DACA, who are undocumented or are children of those who are undocumented. And then on top of that, as you well know, there are brothers and sisters in this room who've been cut off from their home countries and left vulnerable. This is what's taking place in our community. And so what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? Think of all the struggles, or should I say, all the fears that we've gone through in the past year. And here we are on the other side of that year. And so think of whatever struggles are going to be that are going to hit us in the next year. And if Allah Ta'ala wills for us to live that long, we will also get through all of those. Keep that point in mind, because what also happens when you're hit with struggle is that you are put in a position where you have to decide between faith and giving up faith. You will have those moments in your life where you will have to decide, do I persist with the hope that life is going to get better, or do I just give up in frustration? And I'm saying in every single time, you choose hope. Right? That is synonymous with Iman. What is Iman? To have this sense of security in your heart. To have this sense of comfort in your heart. 
which means what? You have security in Allah, you have comfort in Allah, which by definition is hope and optimism. But yeah, you will be hit with struggle. But the point I want to draw your attention to is think about how frightening things were a year ago, and we're all still sitting here. I will say that we are all much more exhausted from the pornography of violence and brutality and destruction, whether it's what we're talking about in Syria or Palestine or in Burma or what have you. But you still persist. You still go to class every single day. And life will still go on. And that is the nature of dunya. I'll probably start giving some khutbahs about marriage pretty soon, which means that thousands of Muslims will probably start showing up because that's the only other topic you like after meat. But the point I'm making here is that a point I have to remind people about over and over again is so much of marriage is also just the mundane. Getting through your days. We've been conditioned that, all right, you want to find someone who's absolutely perfect in marriage, you want to find someone who's flawless in marriage, someone who looks like a model, even though a model doesn't look like a model. And the point is that so much of marriage is just supporting your spouse and your spouse supporting you through the boring times, which is most of life, and then through the exciting times and through the struggles. And so that is so much of what life is all about. Friday, November 3rd, 2017, 2 p.m. You'll actually like life a lot more because then what are you going to focus on? You're going to focus on the point we started with, and that is your relationships. I'll tell you, as I've told many of you, I've lived in very, very different levels of wealth, much, much more than what I have right now, but mashallah for all of it. And there's nothing as valuable as one-on-one -on -one relationships. Okay. There's nothing that causes as much joy as one-on-one -on -one relationships. Even I was having a conversation last night or two nights ago with a student who was asking me, why don't you become one of those popular preachers? I mean, you're so dropped dead gorgeous, mashallah. But the point is, so that doesn't interest me. There's no, nothing interesting for me to speak to a camera. Well, we have a camera here to speak to a camera and then speak to 50 trillion people who don't know me as much as talking one-on-one -on -one to each and every one of you. Where I get to know your story, you get to know mine, right? That's way more fulfilling. And if you can develop an appreciation for that, you will not only develop more of an appreciation for life, but many of the issues that compel you to come see me, like anxiety, like fear, like lack of hope, will begin to simmer down because you have all these relationships that are holding you together. It's when you're disconnected and all your relationships are through Snapchat that you start feeling more and more anxious because those are not relationships. So having said all that, let me remind you of the Prophet وسلم, who was known for not only smiling at everyone he saw, but also on top of that, that he'd give them full attention to the point that he'd turn and face them directly when he is speaking to them. إِنَّ اللَّهَ وَمَلَائِكَتَهُ يُسَلُونَ عَلَى النَّبِيِّ يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا صَلُّوا عَلَيْهِ وَالسَّلِيمُ تَسْلِيمًا اللهم صلي على محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم اللهم صلي على محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم اللهم صلي على محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم Oh Allah, we call upon you with all of your names to shower your blessings upon the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and upon his family 
and upon his companions and extend the blessings and peace upon them all. Rabbana atina fid dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina adhab nar Our Lord, our cherisher, our sustainer, grant us the best of this life and the best of the hereafter and protect us from the fire. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun ala al-mursaleen walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen aqim as-salah.